again everybody welcome to an all-new episode of the drunk friend podcast as always we're your host i'm travis joined by alex alex how are you doing alex says alex stuff so that's that's how i'm doing you're reading the sheet again that's good i'm reading the sheet yeah see i'm learning this podcast stuff yes it's Obey the sheet at all costs. Yeah, I, I tried to take out too much of the scripted stuff. I was like, let's, you know, it's time to let him fly. This is, you know, we're, we're 12 episodes in. Now he can come up with his own words. And then you, you just read it right off the script again. But, uh, well, you, you know, you, you zig and I zag, basically. That's, that's how it works. No, I'm doing okay. Um, yeah, it, it, just trying to hang in there, trying to get some, you know, stay busy with work. I got another, uh, Video posting tomorrow. It just posted Wagon Paradise. Wagon Paradise. Uh, yeah. What is this? The so Oregon Trail. <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't think of that. Yeah, wagon. Huh. That's that's very good. I appreciate. That. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's a Super Famicom game. Uh, I just wanted to express appreciation to a commenter, who <laughs> who started quoting uh. Been spending most of our lives living in a wagon paradise, <laughs> which then devolves into the Weird Al version of uh, Gangsta's Paradise, of which is Amish Paradise, and it just made my whole day. That's it was amazing. Really funny. Who was that commenter? Do, do we have him up for a shout out, or just we're just giving? I would the, have to the, pull it up. Oh, I, that's I just, fine. I, yeah, we're just giving see, them general now, praise. Now I'm back to winging it, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, I will say though, it seems like our last episode with HG was pretty well received. Uh, she, you know, trying to work on, uh, I guess, what is it, Twitch affiliate status? Is that what it's called? Something like that, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, she's she's killing it. Seems like a, a few a few listeners of the show popped over there and said hi to her. We really appreciate that. Of course, that is a good a good part of what this uh, podcast is about is just sort of spreading the love and introducing people to some, some to some other creatives that are in the space and so that's really cool that you guys jumped over there and said hi to her she uh she deserves it man and uh her yeah her she's earned great. it for sure yeah so we definitely appreciate that um i had a thing that i kind of wanted to bring up in that i know you know a lot of us uh I, you know depending on what state you're in now you might be getting released into the wild <laughs> but uh <laughs> i'm hunkering down with my mask on i'm not moving but um because of mm-hmm. all of this, I'm not, I've not been able to, you know, go to any game stores or flea markets, you know, the stuff that I usually do when it starts to warm up. And I, I really miss that. And I have mm. this void I got to fill with, with retro games. I, it's an obsession. You know, a lot of people have, you know, their, their addictions. Um, I have a couple, I have alcoholism and I'm addicted to collecting games. So I got it, I got it going pretty well over here. Um, so I, you know, in lieu of being able to go to stores, um, a buddy of mine who who runs a game store in a in a neighboring city, he um, had to move all of his stuff online, as a lot of stores had to do. You know, it's there's no foot traffic in the store. You got to get everything up on the internet and try to push it out that way. So I want to give him a shout because I actually ended up buying a bunch of really cool games, Alex, that I think you'll have opinions on. So I want to shout out a few Super Nintendo games. You just kind of give me a rough one or two word like yay or nay, okay? Mm. Uh, I got Knights of the Round. 
Yay. Yay. Okay. Uh, somehow I didn't have F0. I got F0. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a yay. That's an obvious one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Total Carnage? Uh, that must be the Super Smash TV follow-up. Is yeah. that a top-down shooter? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's okay. I, I'll, I'll give it a A. A? You give it the old Canadian A. Okay. Give, right. give it the old A, Canadian A, or maybe a Fonzie A. Uh, I, don't know. <laughs> uh, I do, you know, we, we mentioned this later in the episode uh, because we record these things out of order, but I also picked up Phalanx. Ah, yes. Yeah, I, I like it. Some people say it's kind of dull, but I do like it. Okay. Uh, what is this here? Uh, oh, um, Soldiers of Fortune. Very good. Yeah, that's that's a good game. Uh, two player too. So that's two player co op. Right on. Um, Strike Force Gunner. Uh, it's a shoot 'em up, top down, vertical, and I think that game is also two player. So that's another solid game. The, mu- the if you play through that one, the level six music in that is some of the strangest music I've ever heard in a video game. So awesome. If, if you go through that one, you got something to look forward to because it sounds like. It, it, it's hard to describe, but yeah, you're in for a treat if you get to level six because it's like, what happened to my Super Nintendo? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very, it's very strange. Good deal, good deal. Okay, a couple more here. I'm switching gears to to, to Genesis, so um, there's a good chance hmm. that maybe you're less familiar, but I, I'm not real certain. Uh, Final Zone. I have not played it. Okay, Wait, no, Final Zone. No, I'm thinking of Fantasy Zone. Yeah, it's it's um, sort of a mech. It's a mech game, top down oh. mech game. Uh, I did. I played a touch of it. It's actually kind of fun, as far as I could tell. And Rambo three, have not played it. Have not played it. Okay, well that's that's fun. I just released a video uh, actually today on uh, Rambo on the NES. Of course, this recording on Wednesday will come out on Friday. Uh, and I mentioned that Rambo three. I played a touch of it. It's it seems okay. I mean, it's better mm. than the NES game. I can say that with yeah, full confidence. The, the NES game is just not good. <laughs> it's just no, no way around it. I, I I did not envy. I enjoyed your video, but I did not envy your experience. No, it uh, it had its uh, moments, uh, none of them good. Um, so in light <laughs> in light of that, I wanted to share with listeners of this podcast that the the uh, website that I got those games from, SuperGameStation.com, is going to do a little bit of a drunk friend promo. If you are a listener of the show, if you go to that website, buy some games, I will say still uploading a lot of the store on there. So if you click on a console and it's not there, it's because it's a one-man operation and it takes a long time to enter hundreds of games into the system, uh, you can use Drunk5, D-R-U-N-K-5, at checkout for 5% off and free shipping for the month of June. So how cool is that? It's really cool. Yeah. And that's uh, supergamestation.com is all one word. There's no dash, no anything. It's just supergamestation.com, Drunk5, 5% off, free shipping for the month of June. That's right. And that's not even like a planned ad. That's just like literally something that just kind of happened because I was like... Hey, yeah. man, I'm just trying to help out your store. I just bought a bunch of games yeah. from you. What can I do? And so there's that. So we'll move on from that into some listener emails. Oh, we, we, we do want to shout out our friend Michelle. Um, we just got another reply from her, if you listen to the last episode. Um, she replied with some very nice uh, uh, drink recipes that we're going to yes. be trying. And yes. um, with the yellow chartreuse, the wildly expensive yellow chartreuse. So, um, we'll, uh, thank you, Michelle. Um, we'll, we'll keep in touch. <laughs> yeah. She, she only communicates in drink recipes. So that's, which is good. <laughs> it's a little that's... weird, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little, arc- uh, very, very strange, but, uh, you know, I was, I was being a drunk, I was able to piece together, uh, 
what she was saying. That's right. And speaking of drunk, again, I'm going to allude to something that happens later in this show, which maybe people can, that'll, that'll help get them excited for it. Um, I mistakenly said that the beer that I'm drinking contains no wheat. And as I fidgeted with the bottle throughout that interview that we had, I found that mm. it says contains wheat. So disregard uh-huh. that later moment in the episode where I uh, declare otherwise. Yes. Okay. Here's an email from Chris. He says, hey, y'all, greetings from Kansas City. I'm loving the podcast. It gives me something great to listen to at work on Friday morning while driving. I've been collecting retro games for several years now. Growing up, I only had a Sega Genesis, and now that I'm older, I've fallen in love with the Super Nintendo so much that I imported a CIB, of course, complete in box, Super Famicom. I've particularly, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I've particularly been loving collecting for the Super Famicom, and these SNES Drunk episodes about English friendly games help me so much. Since I can't read Japanese, me neither. So my question is, what is your personal favorite or favorites Super Famicom game that can be played without an English patch? My favorite is actually Sinrio World Smash Ball. I absolutely love playing it versus friends while drinking. P.S. I'm drinking a PBR. Cheers. Cheers to you, Chris. Uh, This is a question, honestly, more for you, Alex. I'm not Mm. as versed in this, but uh, what do you got for this guy? Well, Sanrio World Smash Ball is a really good uh, start. That game, that game's awesome. I love the sound design in that game because it's basically just Pong, but with Hello Kitty characters. <laughs> so it's uh, it's a very, very, very simple game, but it's really it's fun because um, it's very it's got a lot of character and it's got a, the sprite animation's really good and the sound design. It's so satisfying when you smack the weird disc looking thing back and forth to each other it's a little bit like wind jammers i guess more oh, okay than pong. um and it's uh yeah you break the blocks on the other goal and i think it's best of five okay. or whoever gets to three first to to win uh each match so that's that's a really good game. i really like that game um but my favorites for super famicom that are english playing which is it's weird i talked about this later in the podcast but they're the great battle games that are, um, in particular, Great Battle 4 and 5, because uh, they're just run to the right, shoot stuff, you know, <laughs> real simple. Yeah. The fifth game even has uh, Wild Guns uh, style gameplay, where it's over-the-shoulder shooter shooting gallery stuff. So those would be my picks. Cool. Yeah, I mean, if I have to, to have some input here from the, from the Nest side of things, I know... Uh, I'm sort of, I, I occasionally will include a Famicom game on the channel. I want to do more. I'm um, actually, that's, that's kind of inspired by you, Alex. I, I think it's really cool huh. to, to get some of those games that, you know, obviously there's just so, it's so rare to, to get any information about, um, to see anywhere in, in any of that stuff. So highlighting those and discovering those has sort of been sort of a, a side hobby. Um, I've discovered three so far that I really enjoy that, uh, don't require any, uh, Japanese abilities or um, knowing any Japanese to, to be able to play them. And those are uh, Goonies, uh, the first Goonies that never mm. came to the U.S. That one's it's just a fun, regular old platformer. I did a video on it just recently. Um, it's super pick up and play. It's a lot of fun. Uh, another one is Palamedes 2. If you liked uh, the original Palamedes, which was here in the uh, United States, uh, on the NES, Palamedes 2 was only in Japan. It's uh, a little bit different, but if you liked Palamedes one you'll really enjoy Palamedes two just like a puzzle just a puzzle game um mm. and the third one would be uh Babel it's um 
I don't know how many people would be familiar with Solomon's Key or Fire and Ice. Those are two uh, sure. puzzle platformers for the NES. This is sort of a carryover of that. Maybe not as deep as those two, but definitely playable and uh, pretty addictive. A lot of fun. So those would be my that would be my input. Yeah, I haven't uh, played those last two. I haven't even heard of them. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, moving on, I guess. Am I on the uh, next one here from Captain Drachma? That's cool that we got an email from a captain. Strange. A real captain. That's and cool. it's not Captain Novelin. Um, <laughs> your favorite. <laughs> my favorite, yeah. Hey, guys, love the podcast. While, lis- while listening to your most recent show with Hungry Gorilla. God, that always trips Gorea. me up. Gorea. A Gorea. <laughs> <laughs> she had still, like, weeks later. She, she had mentioned how she liked Link's, Link's Awakening a lot more than A Link to the Past. Link's Awakening is my favorite game of all time, and it got me thinking about how I used to steal my dad's heavy-duty maglite flashlight to play the game in bed when I was little, when I was supposed to be sleeping. I would stick the flashlight in between my head and shoulder and prop it up so I could see the Game Boy. Now, that's, that's clever. Do you guys have any memories of going to great lengths to play games when you weren't supposed to or otherwise? Another example I can think of off the top of my head is when Happy Console Gamer, you guys should bring him on the show, And we would love to. uh, Told a story about how he skipped school and played Thunder Force 2 in his closet on a black and white TV so his parents wouldn't see him if they happened to come home. I'd love to hear your responses. Thanks for all the hard work you guys put into this podcast. What do you got? Uh, I do remember. I do remember. I don't know if this is the story I should tell, but... I do remember there was a time that my dad, uh, from a buddy at work, my dad was just always stealing things from a buddy at work for us. Like, that's how we got HBO. Just my dad knew a guy at work that could get it. You know, like, he had, like, Mm -hmm. codes that manipulated the satellite to get TV for us and cable. So I think my dad just stole a lot. Like, he was a pirate before the internet, you know? So it sounds like Kramer's friend Bob Sacamano uh, (laughs) on Seinfeld. Yeah, that was my dad. My friend Bob Sacramento can get us blah, 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 blah. That's great. I love it. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I mean, and I'm just kind of coming into realizing this as I'm talking, that my dad was definitely just a pirate before the internet. But um, he also had a buddy that just had, he's like, hey, man, I got like every computer game ever. And this is like in 1993. So he probably had every computer game that was just shovelware, like in the 90s. And there was one called... um, strip poker and i was like so like i was like dude that's cool and so i i saw it like it's a list it's just a running list of like 1800 games like my dad probably didn't even know it was on there but i saw it and i was like all right when he goes when he goes to bed i'm gonna i'm gonna go out in the garage fire this up see if i can you know play this and i remember starting the game and it was so slow it was just like churn just trying to like get the images to show up that my at some point my dad came in he was like what are you playing and i was like um it's is just um poker and he's like god it looks slow and he just walked out <laughs> <laughs> and i don't even think any ladies loaded i don't think i got to a part that was interesting for a 13 year old boy i just <laughs> it was just uh i just remember him catching me being me being like uh yeah just poker dude it's no big deal <laughs> And because the game That's was so slow, fantastic. it saved me from embarrassment because nothing no, was on people, the screen. People uh, younger than us uh, don't know the struggles of, you know, there, there was there was the slow loading from a 14.4 modem. There was yeah. uh, scramble vision. You had cable. You put the TV on channel two, and then you'd flip around. That's, that's actually how I saw 
not to bring 90s wrestling into this again, but that's actually how I, I was desperate to see 97 Survivor Series because I was uh, uh, I was reading online about all the like the drama backstage and I really needed to see what happened. But my dad wouldn't spring for he's like, I am done with wrestling. Like he wasn't going to spring for the pay-per-view. So I put the TV on channel two and flipped to like channel, I don't know, 55 on the cable box or whatever. And um, I was able to, s- I, I was somehow even more confused based on <laughs> the finish because that was the famous Montreal screw job. And I oh, went yeah. online like, what the heck did I just see? I, I managed to catch Brett doing the WCW thing. And I'm like, is this real? Is my TV tricking me? Like, right, yeah. yeah. But, but anyway, <laughs> getting way off track here. <laughs> um, I don't really have any sort of thing. I guess all I really did was just kind of the, you know, the same thing every other kid did was just bring your Game Boy to school. Yeah. And, um, you know, play during class or, or play uh, games on your TI-81 calculator, like uh, Drug Wars, which is my favorite, which was like a, a, a an RPG kind of, like, with drug management (laughs) doing deals and stuff like that it was a fun game i will say um this this wasn't video games but um i had a job when i was a teenager is the easiest job in the world i was very very lucky to have it um i was a warming house attendant i would uh sit in the well just to explain because this is a probably just a minnesota thing um or at least a cold weather area thing um, we have a lot of outdoor rinks and public parks that are uh, big truck comes by, sprays it down with water, smooth it out, and then they put a trailer next to it so people can change their sh- from their boots or their shoes to their skates and they walk to the rink and skate or if they need a breather from after playing, you know, three on three or whatever. Um, I was the guy in there, you know, I'd basically just throw throw a bandaid or, you know, at somebody if they managed to hurt themselves <laughs> or something like that. So one time I had to work, and I worked, I think, in six-hour shifts, I want to say, and I had to work a Sunday, and there was a Vikings playoff game. This would have been 99, because it was when they played the Rams, and that was the Kurt Warner greatest show on oh, turf yeah. Rams. Yeah. And the Vikings had Jeff George and, uh, <laughs> you know, a, Sorry, that and Randy bad. Moss and, and a prayer, and I smuggled, I was so desperate to watch this, because I was so nervous for the game. I brought over like this old black and white TV that my friend Gretchen had um, that she just gave it to me. It's like, I don't want this anymore. I was like, okay, okay I'll take it. And I, I, I hauled it over there. It was only about like an eight inch screen. I just carried it over there, plugged it in, draped a blanket over it and turned the sound down and just kind of like watched it on the chair next to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, yeah, the Vikings got that's awesome. Blown out pre- pretty badly, but yeah. You're I like was, tailgating uh, at work, and that's <laughs> smart. <laughs> I was just desperate. Like, I have to watch, and I wish I didn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> Speak, speaking of playing games you're not supposed to, and, and I guess maybe to close this out, I, I do remember in grad school, there was that game, uh, uh, was it Spore? It just came out. Yes. It, was, it was supposed to be awesome. Like, you could grow up. Yeah. Tad the demo was amazing. Into a mo- monster or whatever. And I remember playing that through class just because that was the time where like, I think, I don't know, maybe it was like 2008, 2009, where bringing your own laptop to class was just sort of a norm at that point. And hmm. uh, yeah, I just hid behind my screen and just pretended to pay attention and just plugged around in, in Spore. And uh, nice. 
I don't have any fond memories of that game other than it got me out of paying attention to boring ass class for for hours on end. So, <laughs> the I remember when the demo of that game came out and people were just like blown away. Mm-hmm. I remember when the fight started after it was I think it was Will Wright showing it to like a an auditorium or something and he put the Star Trek battle theme. <laughs> it just <laughs> cracked up. I just thought it was just like please tell me that's going to actually be in the game that would be so hilarious but alas the no. the finished product was much different than the than what the demo was but Certainly. now that you mention it speaking of playing games at school i did this doesn't even really count though as getting away with it because our teacher just didn't care we had a i think i've talked about this we had a comp- computer essentials teacher mm-hmm. that was like 80 years old and had a bad cough and just did not care about you know, be teaching anything is just follow the book. Computer essentials, but they're 80 years old. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Not being ageist or anything, but, uh, (laughs) geez, I don't think this guy knew anything to be (laughs) honest with you. He's just like, all right, just start from page 20 and just do whatever. And people were just like openly playing, uh, blood, grand theft auto, a (laughs) Carmageddon was another popular one. Um, and that's when I, Oh, I was talking about this in the discord chat. I first uh, discovered ZSNES and uh, Nesticle, right. the emulators, mm-hmm. and that's when I found stuff like Seiken Dutsetsu 3, and I was like, holy crap, somebody went through the trouble to translate this, and I was just gobsmacked. And there was that, there was uh, Final Fantasy V, there was, um, oh, there was another one, Bahamut Lagoon was the other, was the other big RPG. I was just like, how is this possible? There's a whole universe of games I had no idea existed. You know, I sounded like Tim Kirkchen when he gets excited. His, vo- his voice is cracking. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it was, it, I have really fond memories. But again, I don't think that counts to answer the question because our teacher did not care <laughs> right. at all. We were just right. openly playing freaking Grand Theft Auto. There's definitely but no the, consequence, yeah. Yeah, the, those are good memories, though. Yeah, I don't know if there's any consequence to mine either, but... Uh, <laughs> still a funny story. Still fun, yeah. Um, yeah. If my dad had find out, thinking back on it, he might have just been like, "What, what game is that?" That might have been his <laughs> his retort. Which one are you playing? Um, and and it would yeah, it would be cool to have Johnny have happy console gamer on. He's a fun guy, so maybe eventually we'll have to maybe we'll have to see. But uh, thank you, Captain Drachma. That was a good question. Yeah, thank you. Good stuff. All right. So coming up, who do we have as a guest today? We've got Mr. Super Derek. I guess he's technically Super Derek RPGs. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's his full name or just if that's just what on his, what's on his passport or his driver's license. That's on the birth certificate. His mother named him but, Super. <laughs> he's been around since uh, 2013. We actually collaborated way back then uh, in 2014. We talk about that a bit. Um, he talks about just uh, all the planning that went into his channel. Uh all all the games he's played and he's he's a great guy he's always been a really solid dude he's e- very easy to talk to um and he's got like you said to start the smoothest voice so back to back man so, we're getting that silky smooth silky smooth voice back. club yeah it's like we're gonna have uh we're gonna have to find uh uh, it's too obscure a reference, probably, but <laughs> Roman Mars from the 99% Invisible podcast. I, I sometimes guy. feel like all your references are too obscure, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that guy's voice is like, whoa, like, this is like, dang, like, this is Roman Mars telling you to, 
Blue Apron. It's like, <laughs> that guy's going to sell me on Blue Apron one of these days if I listen to too much of that podcast. But Super Derek is a really solid guy. You'll really enjoy listening to him. He's, he's a good dude. All right, coming up next, Super Derek. Derek, thanks so much for joining us, man. How, how are you doing? And if I may ask, what are you drinking? I'm doing really well, thanks for asking. And I'm drinking rum with a splash of Coke. That's just, very nice. That's classic. It's just classic. Yeah. It, is it regular Coke or like vanilla Coke or? Uh, no, it's actually, it's a uh, zero sugar. Oh, Coke. zero sugar. Right on. Yeah. That's about the only Coke I can drink. <laughs> that zero <laughs> yeah. sugar stuff. Yeah. Right you can on. tell we're, we're uh, you know, a bunch of gaming podcasters in advanced age. You're like, is you doing the diet Coke now? Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> really had to cut down on the sugar. Still doing a lot of bourbon though. But some say... <laughs> Some say you can gauge the age of a of a gamer based on the rings of Diet Coke found within the skin cell layers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's nice. Great. Well, that's Mine great would to hear. be probably Mountain Dew uh, Code Red, I think it would be, or, or Livewire. I don't even know if they still make that stuff, but it would be that stuff, that crap back in, like, I don't know, 99, 2000, back in those days. Ugh. Yeah. Well, thinking about that now, it's kind of book, but I miss those days of just what's co- what's uh, Mountain Dew going to do next? Are they going yeah, to go for the true. whole crayon box? <laughs> they got- yeah, they're going to go with, uh, a, finally, they're going to make a Dorito flavored Mountain Dew just to, just to make everyone's world collide. You know, oh, wow. if, if you if you eat your Taco Bell fast enough with the Baja Blast, sometimes you get a Dorito flavored sip. <laughs> um oh, no. So anyway, yeah, that's great to hear, man. I'm glad you're doing well. I know all things considered, it's crazy out there, but happy to hear you're doing fine. Uh, Our listeners are going to notice that two episodes in a row, we've managed to have some of the silkiest and smoothest sounding voices in the community on, and that's that's just totally by coincidence. And I asked uh, HG, Hungry Gurria, uh, this last time, do you get complimented on your berry white tones every day in everyday life as much as you do on the internet? In fact, uh, during my during my work, I I do a lot of phone support and stuff, and and now that I work from home and people get to experience the sound of my my good studio microphone, you'd be surprised. <laughs> I've I've gotten off of conference calls and been asked about uh, where they can find me on on uh, podcasts or whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, is, I mean, do you, do you is it a lot of the the mic? Does that bring out the bass tones, or are you just you're just a basic guy. Uh, I think it's got a lot to do with uh, with. Actually, my my secret is my DBX two eighty six A vocal processor. That and a microphone. I like just any any old microphone ought to be fine. It's it's just about microphone placement and and how you talk to it. There you go, man. Talk to it. <laughs> you should teach a webinar. <laughs> Yeah, you you know you gotta you gotta get close to the microphone and just really chew on the microphone and and you get that what they call a proximity effect and it just gives you that radio uh, announcer quality sound you know Absolutely. that little extra bass. But outside of outside of that, I don't know. Um, nobody's ever told me that I've got a very bassy voice. Um, I don't know. Just got to make friends with the mic, as Bob Ross would say. Just yeah. give, give it a little space, give it a little water. Every no, okay, maybe not water. You know, water <laughs> that'd probably be, be bad, lead to bad things. But you know, just give it a little space, make friends with it, make it a happy little microphone. <laughs> happy little microphone, yes, of course. Nice. Hey, 
Derek, um, I wanted to bring this up because uh, it was in 2014 when we did that Christmas collaboration, if you remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, with uh, Dubious Gaming um, was the other guy. Uh, there was also, was Game versus Game in that? Yeah, yeah. Game versus Game was, was in there. Uh, Benevolent Dick NES was there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that guy. I haven't heard from that guy uh, in a long time. There was a guy, Immersed Gamer, who was also a part of it, but... I don't think he's active anymore, unfortunately. But mm, okay. Oh yeah, some deep, some deep cuts. Do you remember what game you got um, for that, and uh, what game did you give? Because what we did is we just—it um, was kind of like a random drawing. Because I got—I yeah. um, think I got game versus game, and I sent him. You know, uh, <laughs> I didn't want to give him. I wanted to send him something really bad, like Captain Novelin or something like that. But I settled for the. Uh, Super Nintendo port of Thunder Force called Thunder Spirits because I thought it would be cool. Actually, I sent him both Thunder Force 3 and Thunder Spirits, I think. And he actually used him for an episode, which was really cool. But do you I remember I... which game you got? Oh, I know that uh, I drew Benevolent Dick in ES as my, uh, as the, my Secret Santa. So uh, I knew that he was... Not very much a fan of uh, Super Mario Brothers Three, based on a prior video of his. So, just huh. just to kind of um, play a little bit of a friendly friendly joke, I get got him a a big old Super Mario Brothers Three poster and <laughs> and a copy nice. of The Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Icing oh, on nice. the cake there. Good touch. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun, but uh, yeah. God, I can't believe that was almost six years ago. That's freaking crazy. I know. Time flies, man. Yeah, yeah. I was in my crappy old apartment when I first moved to Albuquerque. When I see the video I made for the review, yeah, the one of the games I got uh, from Dubious Gaming, he gave me Let's Ride uh, Dancer or something like that, and it's a, a, an RPG where you take care of a horse. I think I remember that. Yeah, and I watched the video. I actually posted it on my community page for youtube and it's um god I, I had like quarantine hair before quarantine hair was cool it was i looked absolutely terrible like my hair was i don't know what i was doing with my hair and the game is just hilarious because it's you know it's made for little kids specifically little girls so i'm playing this and <laughs> i have it's one of the most confusing interfaces ever i'm trying to get the stupid horse to eat hay it won't do it <laughs> it won't drink the water i finally get out to ride it around and that's all you do is just ride it around your ranch and then you go back inside and go to sleep <laughs> oh my gosh well and what was the name of it again it's called like let's ride dreamer or something like that that dancer that's crazy because i believe that i've recently heard of a more recent game maybe in that same franchise on nintendo <laughs> switch so i think what? they're still going I oh think they God. are, and I think yes. I think Wood from Beat 'Em Ups actually made a couple of videos about it. <laughs> I could be well, mistaken. Well, it had to, have, had to have been spurned by the, the huge success of my video. Absolutely, I'm sure. yeah. It's it brought awareness. You're an influencer, man. You got that that let's that let's ride franchise, and that community has a lot to thank you for. <laughs> Jeez, that's awesome. Yeah, I, did they still do uh, whatever this thing was? Was it just like a secret Santa among a few YouTubers? Then you swapped games and did a review of the one you got. Was that? Yeah, that was out? basically sort of the idea. I I wanted to try to help uh, establish more of like a, a friendly kind of community among a bunch of the people that I watched and and really appreciated as like a, a burgeoning 
beginning YouTuber. And, uh, and I had a, a blast doing that and, and trying to kind of get people to, to know each other. And, and I think I did one other, one other Christmas sort of series like that, but, uh, but that I haven't done that for a while and I don't know why. Hmm. I wouldn't maybe, mind joining again. Maybe it ought to make a comeback. It could be. Yeah. I, I would be for it. hundred percent. What about you, Trav? Yeah, that sounds fun. I mean, why not? But I suppose it would have to be an NES game in your case, though. Yeah, I do not deviate. I will not do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, I, you know, Alex, we we forgot to say what, in fact, we were drinking. What are you? Oh, what are you uh, right. slurping on? You on the old arrogant bastard for the no, 11th, what twelfth episode in a row? I'm pretty <laughs> pretty sick of that stuff. Um, there is, I don't know if they're local, but um, there is a beer here called Monks, and they have um all sorts of different stuff. They have uh, right now. It's the Dark Ale which is tremendous. I really like their stuff. What about you? Uh, I think the thing I'm drinking is semi-local, but I think they got bought out. So um, maybe they're not as local anymore, but it's out of Lexington, Virginia, which is close to me. Devil's Backbone. It might be mm. pre- pretty widely known. Um, they have this this summer pack that was pretty sweet. I mean, it was a lot of like fruity, florally beers mm-hmm. that I've been trying to twist my own arm to get into because it's been hot. You know, I can't just be sitting outside sipping on you know, a porter, you know, sweating. So uh, this one's called a Loved by the Sun Peach Mango Beer. And I got to say, it's it's pretty refreshing. Is it like good. wheat? Uh, I, Actually, I haven't, I don't think so. Oh, very nice. Okay, that's cool. I can't drink wheat beers. I just, most of those like fruit beers like that are, are some sort of wheat and I can't, can't do it's it. It's usually instant headache for those, right? Yeah, stomach doesn't like it. Head doesn't oh, like wow. it. Yeah, just not a thing, I guess. Cool. Anyway. Well, we've updated the folks on the particular <laughs> yeah, thank beverage you for we're taking for this episode. Yeah, thank no, you. got to do it. I, I completely um, forgot. <laughs> so, Derek, thinking about your channel, uh, it's been around a while. You've done a good number of really awesome games, a lot of big RPGs, obviously. Uh, and those are long, you know. Uh, do you stem to stern each one before doing a review or a video on it? Or do you have multiple ones going at once, maybe in different phases for the sake of your production and like staying on schedule with videos and that kind of thing? No, no, I, I do. I just play them one at a time because I don't think I could honestly juggle more than one at a time. So what I, what I generally do is, um, I'll just play through the game that I'm about to review and get to the end and finish it. I'll, I'll play it over on, on Twitch and stuff and, um, and then once that's done, I'll move on to the next and it really just helps me focus on the game because I want to experience it not all kind of broken up. I, I'd like to be able to um, kind of get immersed into the game and mm. experience it the way some a, nor- like, a non-YouTuber, the way a non-YouTuber would experience this, right? Because I, I feel like a lot of people do only play one at a time, especially RPGs because they're confusing as heck. I mean, it's notorious for, like, whenever you put one down for a couple of weeks and you come back to it, it's a game of what the heck was I doing? Great right? point. Right. Yep. That's exactly, so. I can totally identify with that. It's almost like reading a book. Like, if you mm-hmm. kind of, you can't do more than one, or at least I can't. Some people can. Like, my dad is, like, he's reading, like, three, four books at once. I don't know how he does that, but... He, if if I lose my place in a book or I just forget about reading it for a couple of weeks, I got to start from the beginning again because it's like, yeah, uh... I feel the exact same way. Like, yeah, if 
if I like if I stopped watching a movie 15 minutes in and then watched yeah. the first 15 minutes of a different movie and then went yeah. back, I just <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how people can manage that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting you mentioned that you want to play it like a non-YouTuber. And, and I, of course, you mean like non-overly analytical. You actually just want to enjoy it and not um, not try to record footage of this part and jump to this part and skip skip around to do things. So I, I think that's actually really neat. And I was curious about that because your videos and, and just, I mean, I, I can't even begin to imagine the amount of specific knowledge you have in your brain about like story arcs and characters and combat systems and maps uh, from all the RPGs you've played. So given that, does, is a lot of it starting to run together when you recall back on certain games? Some of it runs together, that which remains. Some of it just disappears, <laughs> which, which, <laughs> yeah. is, which is terrible. But at the same time, I, I wish I could make myself forget some things about other games like like chrono trigger for instance i wish i could make myself forget chrono trigger so i could go back and play it again fresh but mm -hmm. but um but no i i feel like a lot of uh gosh it's it's kind of crazy how some things just sort of form like this this matrix this this web of of connections between various games and and how they do things it's uh i i yeah, it's it's overwhelming sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of stories, a lot of dialogue, a lot of uh, uh, battle systems, a lot of yeah. turn bait. You know, yeah. And every every game is different. Well, some some games like Luffy are just like, hey, here's Dragon Quest with a different story, basically. But but still, <laughs> it's it's mostly yeah. Oh man, I've actually been playing back through Luffy in the Fortress of Doom lately. Really. And yeah, I've been playing through it on, so I, I don't want to talk too much about, like, I don't want to promote myself, but I, I have this thing on, on Twitch where I play through three games at the same time. I was uh, going to ask you about that. Yeah, it's some sort of gauntlet, and the audience tells you when and where to switch games? What is that? Yeah, yeah, basically, so I play through three classic RPGs at the same time, preferably ones that I've already played through, otherwise mm -hmm. it'd be completely unmanageable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but how it works is... Um, when I'm playing through these, I, I have it set up so that I'm, this has to be emulated, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. So what I have is a chatbot that runs on my machine that uh, monitors the chat. And then every time anybody subscribes to the channel or cheers, it uh, triggers an event that runs a few macros that basically says it to save the state, change the game, load the last save state. And then it just changes like that. Like, wow. no matter what I'm doing, I have to react to however it changes. You could be in the middle of, like, a battle, you know, trying to navigate something, and then now you're an illusion of Gaia, dude, yes. <laughs> wandering around that town. And <laughs> yes. Wow, I've, that is ambitious. I, it's, it's crazy, because, uh, man, chat definitely plays a big role over my success during, <laughs> during these times. I've, I've, <laughs> they've they've set it up to for me on a couple of occasions to where I've been in three different games playing three different boss fights and then Whoa. <laughs> and then they start changing the game like constant and it is <laughs> it is impossible to keep up with so what are the games you said Lufia is one so right now yeah it's Lufia and the Fortress of Doom uh another is Breath of Fire and mm. Terranigma okay nice so it's you kind got... of a yeah, it's a it's a odd mix. It started off with uh, two other games, Breath of Fire and Chrono Trigger. Those finished off really easy because I already remembered those very well in my mind. Um, 
but then I, I remember Breath of Fire a little less, and that's the one that's been in there the longest, and trying to navigate my way through that has been crazy. But then most recently, people have voted in Lufia as a replacement, and then also Terranigma. So uh, my I, I'm, I'm torn. Like, they, they have me playing Terranigma. I, I know that they, they must love me, but then they make me play through Lufia, and it's just, what's... <laughs> it's old it shows its age <laughs> so is that how it works so if if you do beat one game then another one gets voted in and the cycle just keeps keeps spinning that way yeah exactly it's a lot of nice. fun okay and it kind of in a way kind of gamifies that whole concept of what the heck was i just doing <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's a game yeah. within a game yeah yeah it's it's got its own meta the the terra enigma one must be really tough because that's an action rpg that real-time combat and there's some really tough boss fights. I'm thinking of, uh, yeah. what is her name? Like Bloody Sister Mary. Mary or something like Or Bloody Mary, yeah. Yep. Oh my god. I don't know how many times I died on that. That was just yeah. ridiculous. Well, because I've done uh, a couple of like 24-hour marathons of, of finishing, because uh, I'm not a speedrunner. I, I know a speedrunner could probably finish uh, Terra Nigma in like 30, 30 minutes or something, but I'm not. <laughs> and... And I've done like 24 hour runs of Terranigma where I just, you know, start one day, play through the whole game normally and then end it the next, you know, and, and I know that, and until you're at a certain level, uh, character progression wise, uh, you cannot beat Bloody Mary cause you just do like one or two damage. Um, it's, yep. it's definitely all about that grind. Yep. <laughs> For sure. So, you started out as regular old Super Derek before altering your channel a little bit to Super Derek RPGs. Uh Um, You've always been an RPG videos guy from day one with your first video. But you did occasionally do stuff like, uh, I I think, Mystical Ninja for N64 was one. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there any chance you'll go back to reviewing games from other genres? Or is this like your lane and you're pretty much set there? So... My channel started off as Super Derek RPGs, and I have the show called The Game Collection because I wanted oh, my yeah. show. I wanted my show to be about game collecting. So I used to include information about like how much it costs to, to collect these things, and mm-hmm. uh, I even did like a Sega retrospective. But um, after a while, I just I only wanted to end up reviewing RPGs, and so I just kind of gravitated toward that, which is uh, why eventually I was just like, you know, I. I, I think I'm just going to go on all in with RPGs cool. and, uh, and, and we'll see what happens. Um, but even mystical ninja starring Goemon, I'd say is still kind of on the spectrum of RPG ness, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, there's, I mean, what, what is, and what isn't an RPG at this point, oh, it's boy. really just a massive conversation <laughs> that we probably don't get me get started into. on link to the past Ugh. yeah we're not gonna get started on that because Tra- trav's already oh. sick of me blathering about that one <laughs> but the but the uh, i think that rpg-ness is a spectrum and it ranges from everything like from the far rpg end of larping all the way to maybe beat-em-ups like i feel like that's the spectrum along which there's a progression from like there's LARPing, then D and D, and then there's actual like Western RPGs, and then there's maybe JRPGs, and then action RPGs, and then action adventure games, and then beat 'em ups. I like, and then and then anything beyond that is probably so far removed from the RPG realm that it no longer really matters. Yeah, 
The thing is, though, is that, um, like, I'm sorry to bring this up again, Trav, but I think you're doing a game like like to use Link to the Past as an example. I think you're doing that game a disservice because if you call it an RPG, is it on the spectrum? Yeah, because you're collecting heart pieces and you're improving your character. But it's got way more in common with the adventure genre than the RPG genre. So you would call it an adventure game. At least I would. I would I would call it action adventure because in my mind I have uh, regular adventures tied to things more like uh, Shadow of Destiny, which is kind of like point and click adventure. But, but yeah, yeah, like like the old Sierra games and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I think that it has more in common with like um, Alundra, which is also oh, yeah, an yeah. action an action adventure game. Yeah, there's there's probably no domain that's more hotly contested regard to like where <laughs> genre lines are than gaming. Maybe maybe metal music. That might be the one where like, no, this is deep core math grind, but <laughs> you take you take loose loose horse grind music over there. You know, it's like it kind of sounds the same to me. I'm not versed in it. But I do think it's interesting to hear people try to draw lines around the games. I'm not saying that it's a silly thing to do, but it is important to do in a lot of ways, but I do find that interesting. I think that the problem is that people mistake the genres should be prescriptive rather than descriptive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that saying that this game is an RPG should limit it to just being yeah. an RPG. Like it's, it's just how language works. It's this is this yes. is an efficient way to say basically what you should expect from this game. Yes, exactly. And yeah, so so if 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 I, I don't understand the big the big. Uh, kerfuffle of you know the the, <laughs> about, the hubbub yeah what's, what's all the hubbub about uh, yeah. with with all of that yeah well getting back to your channel here for a bit um your show uh has always had this like tv like production quality to it from the very first episode which by the way is almost seven years ago um how did you learn to make your show so polished with like the intro and you got the black and orange color scheme? You always had the logo. Um, did you like just kind of learn on your own? Did you go to school for that kind of stuff? Or, well, uh, that's that okay. Well, I've always been, uh, what I would say is a self described artist, uh, of anything, especially loved graphic design, especially oh. uh, all throughout like grade school, middle school, high school, and I took all of the electives that I could. Um, once I got out of high school, I, I went to college for video game design because that's what I wanted to be. Guess how that turned out? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and after a while, I just realized I was doing this tech support job that was just, just soul-degrading, you know, just mind-numbing, and it's just, you know... It, it was just a terrible experience and I needed a creative outlet and mm-hmm. I decided that the the thing that would marry my two loves of RPGs and tech would probably be to harness my my talents of art to try to, you know, make this this all encompassing thing. And and I spent probably two or three months leading up to the creation of my YouTube channel just deciding on really all kinds of branding like what did i want to name myself oh yeah super That's derek crazy. wasn't always super derek it, it was it probably went through several 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 iterations and um and and 
logo designs and and even then i didn't realize it was just going to be an rpg channel otherwise my yeah. branding would be completely better yeah <laughs> <laughs> but at this point i'm stuck with it well, I'm stuck with SNES drunk. I think you did a much better job planning than I did. Whereas I was just like, oh, I got to think of something. I was almost, I've told this before, but I was almost SNES dog. And <laughs> I was going to have my dog be the one that uh, I was going to make it look like he was the one that was talking. But oh, um, I thought that was too hokey and gimmicky. I was just like, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to put poor Clyde through that. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided on SNES drunk and I did, a, I was like, yeah, that works, because then I can do a Barney Gumble voice at the beginning and do a really short intro, bang, bing, bang, boom, done. It took, like, 15 minutes of thought, whereas you're over here, like, weeks and weeks. That's really cool, though. You you really put a lot of thought into it, and it's definitely paid off because um, one thing about your channel is that it has a real sense of identity without it being, like, overbearing. You're not one of those, like, smash that subscribe button get you know all those youtube cliches at this point um did you have any influences and inspiration that went into your channel oh all of the inspirations all of them mm. um yeah so my like the the content that i ended up consuming the most of around that time was probably watching all of the retrospectives by gametrailers.com if you oh yeah that. yeah, oh, that, yeah. You, that's a throwback Oh yeah, they were some of my my biggest inspirations. That was how I wanted to deliver my lines. Was was hugely inspired by uh, man, I can't remember his name right now. But right now, I think he's over at Easy Allies um, on on YouTube. But, Brandon um, Jones. Yes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh man, just legendary, legendary hmm. in his his voiceover delivery. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And uh, aside from him, I was also hugely inspired by uh, I think. Uh, game theory even at the time they were still just starting up but um i think you can definitely find a few few old videos of mine where where in order to find my style i was mimicking some of my my inspirations uh also mark from classic game room uh was, oh sure was i mean he was massive at the time yeah and and was a huge inspiration as well um gosh there were so many people that that helped shape who i wanted to be Cool. And uh, and in the end, I think playing around by imitating other styles helped me find my style over mm -hmm. time. I do remember the one early video you did. You you went a little off script with your uh, Brain Lord video. Um, I think where you 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 were like this game. You treated it almost like a horror video, where it's you're like mm -hmm. this this game was put on Earth to terrorize people, and it's oh, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's I can kind of get behind that because the puzzles in that game are insane and uh, will oh, frustrate extremely you for maddening. sure. Yeah, that that black that black maze that you had to navigate in the dark and, and you can't see, see the walls. <laughs> you have to you have to use oh, and they have moving floors and the yes. only way you know that is if you had your fairies out because they would drift off to the side when you stood and still. Oh my god. What did they do? Not uh <laughs> that was an Enix game, right? Like that's not their it best. Was, it was effort. it was made by Produce and was oh. published by Enix. Okay. Yeah. Um so Produce is also known for their work in Seventh Saga, which has a very similar art style with like the the top-down yes. view where they they uh, tried to like interpret like, "Oh, the shoulders must be really big because it's closer to the camera, right?" So, it's <laughs> Yeah, that's that's Produce. They're they are so I, I don't know what else they made, but 
yeah, that design idea, that design philosophy, I think made him both distinct and also a huge turnoff. <laughs> <laughs> um, Seventh Saga is one of those games that um, if it were remade today, but keep the same style and keep like, make sure it's limited to just seven players and you had them all playing at the same time like a, a kind of like a limited inbox like mmorpg kind of a thing i think that could work as long as you use the japanese version and not the horribly difficult american version which is just beyond broken wait but, they did that in the in the the publishers in, in in america made it worse i think it was a mistake uh oh. But yeah, that's that's something I learned over the years that yeah, you can't um <laughs> like once you get to the point where you have to fight, I think it's the um the healer, the priest guy, you can't kill him cuz he keeps healing over and over. He's he barely even does any attacks. He just keeps healing himself. And it's like, <laughs> well, this I I've softlocked myself here. <laughs> I have to start over. Like there's no beating this guy. Yeah, that doesn't happen in the in the Japanese version. It's a little. It's much more balanced. By the way, I looked it up. Produce did the Super Bomberman games. I had no idea. I thought that was just a Hudson Soft thing. But yeah, no yeah they idea. did Super Bomberman and Super Bomberman Two. Huh. I'll be damned. Interesting. Uh, speaking of, uh, of course, RPGs and and your videos. Um, and because you're affluent, obviously, in the world of RPGs, I mean, you're you're essentially as close as you can get to an expert at this point. Is there one game out there not enough people know about that deserves more attention, in your opinion? Oh, that's that's tough. I, I trust me, there are people who have played far more RPGs than I have, and and I I, I believe one of your previous guests, Daria, uh, is probably one of them. In fact, yes. and uh, yeah, she has. She is, has just such a massive knowledge of RPGs. And um, gosh, I think that probably the game that surprised me the most, because I just not heard enough about it leading into my playthrough, was probably Grandia um, oh, on, okay. on PlayStation 1. That game just took me by complete surprise. Um, you know, aside from that, maybe I, I think... I think Terranigma is also one of those games that just has a special spot in my heart because mm -hmm. um, it's one of the, the ones that I just fell in love with early, early on. But it also just never came out in the West. And as a result, and, and when I say the West, it never came out in the States. It got a Western release in Europe and and uh, and Australia. Mm -hmm. But here in the States, it just, no, you'd be surprised how many people still still don't have any idea that it exists. And it's, to me... The pinnacle of action RPGs on during the 16-bit era, hmm. surpassing even Seiken Densetsu Three or Trials of Mana. Yeah, it's um, I I'm still a a bit bitter that when it came to release the Super Nintendo Classic, uh, they didn't put that on there because it's already in English. Yeah, just it put would have been there. prime for that. Yeah, it would have been a perfect way to introduce it to the a brand new audience. And it would give, um, you know, I understand, like, okay, we want Star Fox 2 to be the main hook of this and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, you can att attract two different audiences, completely different. You get the Nintendo franchise people that are like, yay, Star Fox. And then you can get, like, like, hey, here's this game that never came out in the U.S. And, you know, 
Just I just feel that was like a dumb idea. Stupid Nintendo. Come on. Yeah, well, I think it's probably not entirely Nintendo's fault because what I've learned over the years about Quintet, the the uh, creators of uh, the Soul Blazer trilogy, is that yeah. they're kind of kind of uh, defunct, more or less. I mean, yeah. I think that I think they still exist as their their shadow company, Shade. See what they did there. Uh, <laughs> So they still exist as this company that works on other games, but they don't get credit for those. Um, that's why huh. it makes them a, a shadow company. Hmm. Um, and they've been active as of like at least 2012, but I, I don't know about anything since then. But I believe they would maybe still hold the rights to those games. But yeah. even then, it's still sort of like this weird gray area because they're not technically Quintet. Yeah. So I don't even know who owns it. Yeah, that's that's one of those uh maze unsolvable mazes there. I remember um when I was working on the video for Hagane, which was um made by Hudson Soft, and um they got bought out like in 2012, 2011, something like that by Konami Entertainment and I'm trying to find out like sales figures. I'm on this wild goose chase. Like was, you know, I'm trying to find out like was Hagane sold in stores or was it just available on Blockbuster? And I'm, I'm like 99% sure it's, it's not a, any, a Blockbuster thing. It was sold in stores like any other game, but I wanted to see if I could get to the root and everybody's like, oh, <laughs> like this is Hudson stuff. We don't have any of that information. Like, uh, there's a, there's like a, a website called Rarity Guide, and it'll tell you how rare certain games are relative to others, and and you might be able to use that to determine, you know, like compare that to known uh, blockbuster exclusives. Like, uh, gosh, what were what was that NES fighting game? Uh, there was Final Fight Guy for yeah, SNES. You could compare it to like Final Fight Guy and see if like if is it more rare than that? Is it less rare? Because I mean mm -hmm. that's and, and if it's less rare than that, then you know that it had more copies than blockbusters. Yeah, that makes that would make sense. Yeah, Maybe. I I I think I know what you're talking about uh, because it. Um, I remember seeing something like that, and it listed stuff like Bronchi, the Bronchiosaurus as like one of the rarest games and it's like stuff you would never expect to be like the super copa i think is another uh, it was a soccer game like hmm. just weird a weird grab bag of like stuff is like actually rare whereas stuff like you know like i want to say mega man 7 is like super expensive it's like 150 bucks because it's quote unquote rare whereas or earthbound or earthbound god Ugh. <laughs> I mean, Earthbound sold 140,000 copies in the West. Uh, compare that with Soul Blazer, only sold 70,000 copies in the West. Yeah. And and which one's more expensive? Yeah. Exactly. And by the way, Earthbound released on the Super Nintendo Classic. It's been available on like every virtual console, you know, all these different platforms. And that it's it's the cart is still a status symbol. That's all it is. Like we yeah. expect you to pay this much for this cartridge, and it's dumb. I can't stand that. But on the bright side, the the increase in price has has been halted. Um, I, I that's think true. I, yeah, I, I mentioned that it was like one hundred and fifty dollars when I made my review back in twenty fourteen, and the game is still about one hundred and forty dollars. That's, 150, so. that's actually, yeah, reassuring. <laughs> yeah, that price hear. fluctuation is actually more rare than the game. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right?
<laughs> everything seems to be going up. So that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So you do this uh, weekly RPG news uh, format thing. How did that come about? And what are some of your sources for gaming news? Oh, so it came about mostly as a as a way to appease the YouTube algorithm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, being totally honest, yeah. uh, making a video every month or two does not <laughs> curry favor with with YouTube. Yeah. And you you will drop off subscription feeds if you're not making weekly content. Mm-hmm. And there was a short while there um, a couple of years ago where I first um, ended up losing uh, my job. And I decided to try to make a go of going at YouTube full time. And one of the ways that I could do that, because I was, I was like, I'm almost to a point where I might be able to make it pull, maybe able to pull it off for a while and, and maybe get that momentum going. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a huge part of that. Um, and, and that's how I started making weekly videos. And mm-hmm. also I just always wanted to be able to keep up with RPG news and, understand what was coming down the pipeline and i i never had been prior to that i was completely uninformed going into it and i was like well this is going to kill two birds with one stone it's both going to you know make videos for for people to watch and also it's going to keep me up to date which is you know pretty nice works out Um, pretty well yeah yeah so that was that was the original intent behind it and and since then i think i've gotten more passionate about being able to do it and do it well um, you know, but, but at first it was definitely just a, Hey, YouTube, don't forget about me sort of thing. <laughs> totally <laughs> you know? understandable. What websites do you use for, for news? Are you just on Twitter a lot or yeah, Reddit it's, or it's Twitter. It's a lot of Reddit. It's a lot of Reddit. Mm. And, uh, a lot of the news that I get comes from like Silicon era. Um, okay. also from, oh, RPG, uh, RPG fan.com, RPG site.net. Um, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of different sources depending on who's, who's got what. And I just kind of pick out whatever sounds interesting for the update. Basically anything that sounds like it would keep my interest for a few minutes, then, then it goes in and, and I'll have something to say about it. But, um, but sometimes there's not really a whole lot going on, you know, with the start of COVID-19, there was, there was a whole lot of not anything happening going on. So is there anything in particular you're looking forward to the most? You know, Cyberpunk 2077 is the first thing that comes yeah. to mind, mostly yeah. because a lot of the other things that I've been looking forward to are already out. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. sure, yeah. Xenoblade remake, uh, the the Trials of Mana remake, the yep. Final Fantasy VII remake. By the way, this is the year of the RPG remake. <laughs> but Cyberpunk 2077, I think, is probably the uh, the big one that I've been watching the longest. And, uh, and I, I, I've actually never played a CD project red game. I feel like I really ought to have by this point, but, um, but it looks like it's going to fill in, uh, I'll, that, that hole. I feel like I've got this Bethesda shaped hole in my heart now with, with them <laughs> preoccupied with fallout 76. And I think cyberpunk is going to probably fill that nicely. Yeah. I love their stuff. Uh, the Witcher three is, is probably the only thing that I've played from them. And that that's just amazing in my opinion. So I'm looking forward to cyberpunk as well. Yeah. I, I would really like to get into the Witcher, but um, for some reason I just haven't had an opportunity to, to make that happen yet. Even the show I have not, well, I have played a little bit of 
the second game and the third game um long time ago but the show on netflix is well worth it it's super entertaining it's just it's really well done really well made uh it's funny um yeah i've heard I, nothing but good things about it yeah it's, it's based on good. the the original books right the original so, right yeah so it's actually not even related to the games because those come like those are sort of like sequels to the books as i understand it right i think so yeah i think you're right on on that yeah yeah, I mean, there's a lot of overlap. You'll recognize it like a lot of characters and set pieces. So I mean, it's not uh, there's there's quite a bit of overlap. If you if you play the games, you'll you'll like the show. Plus, Henry Cavill, he's just fun to look at. Man, I'll say it, he's a handsome guy. <laughs> Damn, beefcake central. Totally. I mean, I got my <laughs> wife interested in the show, and now we're both hooked on it. So I just like his voice on that. He's always doing that growly thing and sounds pissed off like Wolverine. You know, back in yeah. the day. Which I actually adds a lot to the comedy when he's yes. sort of aloof in a moment. Uh. You're like, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, enough about me slobbering over Henry Cavill. I already do that on my other podcast. <laughs> um, should, we, should we get to the listener questions? Yeah, I did want to ask one other question here that we've oh, written sure, down. Yeah. I really wanted to hear if, what's the furthest you've gotten in, into a game, probably an RPG, uh, before you were like, God, this sucks. I can't do it anymore. And you just quit. Is there one that comes to mind where you just had to throw in the towel? No, I've forced myself to get through every <laughs> single game. That's wow. commitment right there. What a I've, saint. Because, well, it's because this is this whole show was devised to help me get through my backlog. I, <laughs> I kid you not. I mean, I, I mentioned that other stuff, but that was one of the reasons that I was like, I'm not going to review these games until I finish them so I can mark them off my backlog and, and put them in the past and then if I ever want to go back and play one again, I can just watch my review again and be happy. Um, <laughs> that was that was one of my my things. So so it's like, okay, this is my stipulation: don't review a game until you can finish it. Um, and and as a result, God, I I have suffered through some really bad experiences. Um, one of them, one of the earliest that I recall that nearly broke my commitment to that was. <laughs> Uh, there's in Persona Three. Persona Three is a is a fantastic game. Really, it, it defined uh, how some of the genre would be from from then on. Mm. Um, but in the Fest re-release, short for Festival re-release uh, on PlayStation Two, they included the second campaign that was like this thirty-hour thing that was supposed to take place after the events of the original. And after playing like a a hundred hours of the original release of Persona Three. And going into Fest, what they did to the characters was unforgivable, and the <laughs> fights were so unfair. Basically, it took all this character progression, all these, because that's a huge thing about Persona is all the character progression within it. It's like that's what all these uh, dating sim mechanics are all about. Mm -hmm. So you can see how people change from one, you know, from the beginning to the end, and and um, and to see all of that just sort of like retconned at the, <laughs> in, this, <laughs> in this thing was just. It was because, and I think a big part uh, of that is that they can't assume that the player, because uh, it doesn't import anything. It can't assume that the player um, has experienced all of these like character growth arcs. So instead, what you're ending with is these people who have just kind of like reverted back to their original terrible moody states, and <laughs> and like it just oh it was so frustrating. And that was only the tip of it because they also changed all of the battle uh, like. So, so, and Persona 3 isn't exactly what I would call an easy RPG, 
But mm. then in this uh, extra thing, they're like, you know what? We need to we need to up the ante. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna make all the enemies have one weakness, but we're also gonna give them all of the ability to dodge that specific weakness. Oh, great. <laughs> so so in the end, it was just so much RNG that whether or not you could actually defeat a boss fight yeah. had more to do with your ability to overcome that RNG god, you know? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. just... And if you failed, you just got to roll the dice again and play it all over again. Random. Yeah, it's was, ridiculous. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I feel your pain on that. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting. I'm getting all. <laughs> I can see that <laughs> you're getting flustered. Yeah, I'm getting all worked should... up over this. Yeah, for those at home, we can actually see Derek, and his hands are above his head, and he's waving around like a crazy person. So it's he's he's excited. He's smashing furniture. He's throwing stuff. <laughs> so we should probably get to some listener questions. Get off this Persona Three stuff, man. Yeah, let's Jeez. do it. So our first one is from Joey, and Derek, you already mentioned this, but uh, if there was a game you could go back to and experience for the first time, what would it be? Hmm. Gosh, I that I mean, I I know that I I spoke about this hype hyper hype hyperbole hyperbolically earlier. Hyperbolically, um, yeah. But uh, but actually, that's that's a really big question. Um, yes. Man, Joey's uh, out here like just throwing haymakers. I mean, he's not messing around. Good question, yeah. Joey. <laughs> Good question, it's, it's Joey. A, it is a solid question. Good job, Joey. Um, <laughs> okay, so I would like to say Earthbound. I don't know if I can actually say that though, because I wonder if I would still. Oh man, like I. It, this has a lot to do with the logistics of how this works because <laughs> yeah because, i was gonna say i think we need more specifics here more details because are we playing this for the first time in 2020 or are we playing this for the first time when we first played it because earthbound was the first rpg that turned me on to the genre yes. yeah and if if not for that like my i mean we're talking about like life altering sorts of like you know butterfly effects here yes so I'm assuming it's just the ability to turn off that memory for a while while yeah. playing the game. And I'll say Earthbound would be really, would be really great to go back and experience that again for the first time without all the, the hype and without all of the, you know, all the, the baggage that comes with playing these, these giant games now that carry mm -hmm. so much, you know, reputation. Mm -hmm. That would be really good to go back and experience again because it is the game that first turned me onto the, to the genre and it is also so unique in that it takes place in a somewhat modern era and has some really great uh humor to the to the way that people speak and the the even though it's still basically a dragon quest clone it has that unique rolling counter um for for hit points and such yeah and that's its own those stupid exploding trees man they oh, they, yeah. they kill you every time and then i've had that happen where my life rolls down to two before mm -hmm. it you know it's it's those those trees i i get them in my nightmares oh and <laughs> and the mechanic where the enemies will actually run away from you when you get strong enough that yeah. needs to oh be, that's perfect that needs to be in more games that yeah right absolutely there. it is no more of this uh random battle grinding even though you know i like new game plus chrono trigger like you're you're just destroying these goblins with luminaire 
<laughs> it's yeah. like, you're just doing it for fun because you, you can't avoid these battles. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that does need to be in more games for sure. Just turning them into dust. <laughs> Good answer. I, I just played uh, Earthbound for the first time last year, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was you know, the, the humor in it still holds up, and it's it's beautiful to look at, all the pastels. So, good answer. I'm glad to hear that that you still enjoyed it because a lot of people have this experience where I've heard they've not enjoyed it because it had such a reputation that set their expectations on such a high level. Yeah, there was no way that it could live up to it, you know. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it it helped that I actually did pay for the cartridge. Some of that's probably just cost justification. But uh, but no, I really did. I really did enjoy it. I was actually kind of blown away by it. And I was like, I get it. When I was playing it, I was like, I, I get why people like like this. And, you know, this question, Joey, I think it's hard for me not to answer it with just like my favorite game. Like who wouldn't want to go back and experience their favorite game again for the first time? So uh, I won't do that. I it, it would be Legend of Zelda, which I could just go back to being five years old and playing that with my dad and, and learning, figuring out all the, the puzzles and secrets. But I think a, a better answer, really, if I did a little spin to it is a game that I played again within the last, you know, four or five years that I wish I had played at the time that it was hot, and that's Super Metroid. I didn't grow up with Ooh. a Super Nintendo. I was a Sega Genesis kid, and I was always uh, kind of jealous and curious of the kids that had the uh, the Super Metroid. It was all the hubbub, uh, as we mentioned earlier, is a word. And I was like, <laughs> that that seems like a really fun time. People are liking it, and um, I liked the original Metroid. I never, I didn't beat it that until later in life, but I had played it. And man, when I played Super Metroid even a few years ago, I was like, damn, this game is just so amazing. I just love everything about it. And uh, I really wish that I could have experienced that at the time that it was it was a big deal. Uh, you know, Of course, playing it, you know, in 2017 or whenever I played it, it's like, cool, guys. Hey, anybody want to talk to me about Super Metroid? I just beat it. And they're like, no, go away. <laughs> I have some Bill Clinton jokes if anybody wants to hear them. <laughs> some Al Gore material right here. <laughs> Yeah. Man, isn't that Al Gore a boring fellow? <laughs> um, just something about playing a big game in its prime that I think is is yes, kind of not something we think about, but it, it is a thing. I was gonna say, in light of that, man, I I wish I could go do the exact same thing with Final Fantasy VII because there you go. I didn't play that until years and years after it came out, and and it has such a a huge you know impact on so many people who experienced it when it first came out. And I, I I feel envious of people who got to experience it before it just looked like blocks, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Pretty rough now, yeah. It's, uh, I, I, re- I played through that, um, uh, was it 2016 or 2017? A few years ago. And it's hard to get over it. And it's, it's a lot of those, like, perspective shots that, where, um, you know, you hit the uh, select button on... And you're you've got like a, a tiny little arrow at the other side of this giant map painting, and you got to kind of wiggle your way around. <laughs> it's like, oh man, this is this looks this is not a good look. Final Fantasy VII. This this has not held up all that well. But um, <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah can't be overstated how huge that was. And Super Metroid, um, I remember renting that around the time it got out. Um, and what struck me about that game when I first played it as a kid was the music it was the first time like music really made a huge it's like wow game soundtracks are like movie soundtracks now like the mm. the music here is unbelievable like it's so creepy like when you get to the wrecked ship and or when when you first even at the very beginning of the game when you first 
see all the aliens crawling all over everything and that music hits and it's like oh god it's it's legitimately like frightening so yeah i'm all aboard that pick i don't even know what i would pick uh, it, I, I can be boring and say chrono trigger because it's that was such an awesome experience that, that was one of those games where you, you sit down to play it and it feels like you're playing it for 20 minutes and it's like four and a half hours later like holy crap like i've i've been sitting here that long like doesn't feel like it but I will say Contra 3 because that game is like playing that game for the first time is like getting hit with a brick, a, a concrete cinder block to the face because it just hits you right away with the the music. You're firing 80 gazillion bullets in 10 seconds, you know, and you, you got all these power ups. You've got stuff everywhere. You've got explosions, you've got these crazy mini bosses and yeah. That or, and, and then to piggyback off of what you guys were saying, I would have wanted to, to go back um, and play Gunstar Heroes when that first came out, oh, because yeah. that would have been totally up my alley, because that's basically just Contra 3, but faster, <laughs> and more cooler weapons and cooler bosses, and that game is unbelievable. I played that, I think, for the first time in, sometime in my tech school days, but uh, I was like, holy crap, where's this game been all my life? And yeah, that would be my pick, I think. Yeah, good answer. I, I love Gunstar Heroes. It might be my favorite uh, Genesis game, actually. I, I would pick it as the best Genesis game if I had to make like a top 10 list or whatever. I don't think anything beats that game. That's it. Then it's Drunk Friend uh, Gospel now. That's it. <laughs> That's Drunk Friend Agrees. Hallelujah. Um, so uh, one more question here. This one, uh, is this actually the, the account name out of context or is that just a note? Is out of context. That's his name. That's the name they put. Okay. All right. Uh, so this question is from out <laughs> of context. I didn't even think of that until you brought it up. <laughs> I was like, out of context? Is this a question about like your favorite underwear brand? Or yeah, something? that's a sta- That's a stage direction. I'm start- we're going to start putting those on our sheet. <laughs> uh, okay. Out of context asks, uh, what games would you put on a modded uh, Super NES Classic if you weren't going to expand the memory? Which games best capture that era? So I think what he means by that is like you can't just add whatever you want. You have to like remove something. Right. You can't like add them all. You can't just you do can't, that yeah, compound. You can, yeah. You can't add them all. Uh, maybe not remove something, but you can't add any extra memory. So you can add, you know, only I don't know how much it would hold. I haven't hacked mine, but you can only add just let's say just just say you can only add at like a handful of games. Uh, well, if that were the case, I think we mentioned it earlier. I wouldn't mind uh, some of those Quintet games popping on there. I like. I really. I'm a really huge fan of Soul Blazer. Really wish we could. I could have played Terra Enigma um, back in the day, and certainly I can now. But it would be cool to do it on the SNES Classic. And I guess Illusion of Guy would be the other one. Um, yeah, I think that'd be that'd be a good little handful of games to pop on there. Actraiser too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I. I mean the first Actraiser, not Actraiser. Yeah, definitely not Actraiser. Actraiser two. two sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it doesn't suck. I just don't like it. <laughs> Definitely, I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in time. Yes. That's, that pretty much, I mean, when I was a kid, that defined what that console was for me. My friend had that growing up, and and I didn't. And Turtles in time, just, that was it. That was the Turtles in time console. <laughs> yeah, well put. Uh, I think for me, I'm I'm turning around and looking at my, my games right now. <laughs> I think I, I was really disappointed not to see a shoot 'em up on there. I know the Super Nintendo isn't known for shoot 'em ups, but come on, put put Axelay on there, put uh, R Type Three, 
Um, it was Gradius, I, I guess. Uh, yeah, phalanx. that game. <laughs> phalanx for the old guy, yes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Just for the artwork alone. You're scrolling through, you got Yoshi's Island, you got, you got some Super old man, Metroid. some old pervert with a banjo. <laughs> got this crazy guy on, a, on a, his front porch. You know, he's got a shotgun stacked up behind him, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a shoot 'em up without the shotgun, so. Didn't. Uh, <laughs> um, Maybe a UN Squadron. Yeah, you squadron. squadron. Yeah, that's, there you go. That's another super fun one. Um, I guess I just would have wanted to see more games that never came out in the U.S., like Terra Enigma, uh, more Japan-only stuff, like uh, the other Super Bomberman games, like Super Bomberman Three and Four. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. Oh, there's a game series uh, in Japan called uh, the Great Battle series, and it stars SD versions of guys like Ultraman. And uh, who, who else is involved in that? I don't remember their names, but um, like Gundam is one of them too. And it just keeps expanding to like this like crazy universe of guys. And it's uh, made by some of the same people that were on the same team that uh, were, were behind Mega Man. And so the fourth and fifth games of that series are just awesome. You don't need any sort of English translation patches. You don't need any... You don't need to do anything. You can just play them. So I just wish uh, there was like more of a a spectrum, I guess, of, of stuff uh, rather than just like, you know, here's all the Nintendo franchises. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, the, the hard cut off of what is it? 25 games just seems semi arbitrary. Like, I think. Yeah. You know, especially given the capabilities, those games that I mean, that that takes up like what less than a kilobyte <laughs> i mean not you know i'm embellishing a little bit but i mean they got there's space in there for more stuff put it yeah put it on there i know that there's licensing issues and all that stuff yes. but even yeah, with the, the within nintendo franchises there's there's still more in there i mean you already listed a a couple so what about stuff like pilot wings and sim city yeah like, even even those would be nice too just for the i love sim city just for the music and just the chill vibes then having the green-haired guy come and yell at you about traffic. and There you go. Yeah. This is always fun. And you've already got Mega Man X in there. There's other Mega Man games on the system. You sure. Could put the sequels in there. Yeah. yeah, X2 is awesome. Love X2. Well, we'll quit beating up Nintendo for their decisions <laughs> uh, on this. But um, that was a good question out of context. We appreciate that. And if, you, if anyone has a question, you can... Where all can they submit them, Alex, out of curiosity? They can submit them at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> you can do that. Yeah, there. Yes. The, e- the email is, is the best way. Okay. Uh, well, I guess that about does it for an episode. Derek, thanks so much for joining us, man. It was a lot of fun. It was, it was cool to talk with you and get to know a little bit more about your channel, how it started. And, and uh, I think the most interesting thing to come out of this is that you actually do finish all of those freaking games. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I, is, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me on here. It's been a blast to just hang out with you guys. And yeah, thanks for having me on. It's just it's been great. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for being game. <laughs> yeah. Is, is there? You know, of course, you have the the YouTube channel. Uh, where else can people track you down? Do you do Twitter. I know you do Twitch. Yeah, that's that's basically it. I, I uh, YouTube, Twitch. Those are the the ba- main things. And and I also have a. Uh, a Twitter account that I, I sometimes post from, but really it's it's just there because I've been told I should. There you <laughs> go. All right. Um, well, guys, 
That's been another Drunk Friend Podcast. Be sure to check out polykill.com to find more podcasts like this one. And once again, as Alex alluded to earlier, you can reach out to us at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. If you'd simply like to help out the show, remember to rate and review us wherever you listen. Specifically iTunes. That's the big one. But wherever. But specifically iTunes. It really is the big one. Like It's like there's about 80 gazillion podcast things, and iTunes is like 30% of the market apparently so yeah it's pretty huge you, you, you itunes folks do That's us a right. solid will ya please uh <laughs> we're on twitter as well i'm at trav plays games alex is of course at snes drunk and derek if you would like to plug that uh, twitter account that you seem sort of indifferent to you're welcome to <laughs> oh at super derek yt also, we want to give a shout-out to Kulor for the podcast music. The song you heard is called Electric Star Bounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. All right, be sure to catch us all on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. 